You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. That was one of the best introductions I've ever heard. Thanks, man. I'll pay you later. He's, he's, I'm paying him to, to build a reputation around here, so thanks. You, you did good. You made me look like I did good. Uh, yeah, I, we, Jessica and I love you guys, Tony, Lindsay, and, and the Revive the World crew, um, all of you all that are here tonight, I know some people are here from different churches, and uh, we love you guys too, all of you. I say guys, but you know that includes women, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, wow, yeah, thank you. It, it's been fun to watch Tony and Lindsay just grow in, the, in just kingdom culture and identity and just see them root their, just get their, their roots down in, in the truth of Christ's love and identity and and their roots have gone so deep like you know the deeper the root the better the fruit right and and, and we're seeing the results of some amazing root and uh but we, we've only seen the beginning so far with with what's going on here revive the world ministries and um so it's an honor I, I told him earlier that um Jessica and I both we feel like we feel like we're in our like a brother's house in our brother's house like right now it just feels feels like we're at home even though it's not our home it's like home so thank you all for having us tonight um I want to actually I want to have Jessica come up and just greet you all real quick before I before I get into some stuff Yeah, I just, it's such a blessing to be here tonight, and we love you guys so much, and we do believe that God is just, like, I just see, like, that you're just hitting the tip of the iceberg, like, there's so much more you guys are going into, and I feel like you guys as a family have come together and surrounded one another, and you're just pressing in and pressing forward for the more of the Lord, and he's honoring you for that, and he's just ready to pour out just whole new measure on you guys and it's such a privilege to be with you guys tonight and like Jesse said as soon as we came through the door it was like oh we're home and we've been away too long we need to come more often and see you guys but we love you we love you guys and thank you so much for all you are doing to encourage us now that we're kind of running behind you now (laughs) yeah amen you guys love my beautiful wife Jessica she's amazing She, she carries some wisdom and power like you've never seen before, so you, you, need, you need to get to know her. Um, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to take a moment and acknowledge the worship team tonight. Wasn't that powerful? Oh my gosh. Sarah, you and that amazing team. Wow, that was awesome. I, I was getting wrecked. And, and, and there's just such a spirit... The Spirit of God is in here, and I mean, I felt like the, the Spirit of wisdom and revelation is being just swirling in here. I feel like Holy Spirit's like dropping things in people during this time. 
probably a lot more to come tonight, I would, I would guess. Um, I want to introduce one other person real quick, uh, my, my buddy Seth Tompkins. Can you come up here? Can everybody greet yeah. Seth? <laughs> Seth is a good friend of mine. Um, he, he's, he used to intern for me when I was a pastor at Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, and, and we just really have built a, an amazing relationship. Um, really, you know, I, I don't know if he's ever heard me say this, but, but I, I kind of feel like he's become like a spiritual son. Um, do, you, do you feel that? I'm putting you on the spot in front of everybody just to, just to make sure that we're making this, this th- declaration in, to each other in front of everybody else. Um, <laughs> thanks, Seth. But uh, Seth actually just moved, moved here from California a couple of months ago um, to be a part of our church plant, Overflow Church, up in Carmel. Um, he came here to, to serve with us and to bring the kingdom. And I just want to tell you that Seth, uh, he packs power. Um, if you get the privilege of him laying his hands on you tonight, just open the floodgate and let it pour in because you'll, you'll probably get zapped by something from heaven. Um, but he also flo- he flows in healing really powerfully. He flows in the prophetic very powerfully. And I actually asked him if, if he would just release something over us tonight. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a moment just to release something prophetic over us tonight. You ready to do this? Sure. All right. <laughs> we'll find out. It's hilarious because, like, he was already talking about the revelation and wisdom. I'm like, that's exactly what I was seeing. Like, that's, that's exactly it. Like, there's just such this presence in the room right now. And, like, it's word obvious right there. Like, it's just such this, this power. But, like, I felt like God was just saying, I just want you to see my raw heart. Like, my love is just right here, ready to encounter you on new levels. And I just feel like that's the biggest factor of the prophetic. It's knowing God. It's knowing his heart. It's knowing who he is to the deepest extent and him knowing you. And so I really feel like just as you're hearing everything that's going on through this conference and what God's speaking, just get to know more of who he is and how he operates. And that will just connect you at a deeper level of how the prophetic flows from you, but truly from him and how his word flows out of him. So, Excellent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, he doesn't know what I'm doing, but here's the cool thing. That, you know, the Bible talks about being instant in season and out of season to preach the word, right? Well, I'm not going to preach the word tonight. I'm doing that part. But, but, here, but he doesn't know what's going to happen, but I know he's ready for this. I want you all to open your hands in receive mode right now and, and just... Look into the face of God, and I want you to be ready to receive what he's getting ready to release onto you right now. I love it. Here we go. (laughs) Papa, come. There's just so many angels in this room right now, too. Like, Let me just tell you, God is here. Holy Spirit, I just say fall on this room. Let every heart feel your presence right now. Just say fire flow. Just that electric power flowing through each and every person. Fire fall. More, Lord. Increase. Increase. Breaks on every gate. 
to the deepest depths. <laughs> Let joy touch places it hasn't touched before. Break off chains. <laughs> Holy Spirit flow. I just declare in Jesus' name a refreshing, a peace to stir up from within, a peace that can't be shaken, and a love that can't be changed. Bless each heart and each mind to receive something new today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Upgrades tonight. Thank you, Lord. Now, I, I want to I invite you to continue drinking of the Spirit. And I, I want to ask you as you drink that you sometimes, if you've ever experienced this, I think probably at least half of you have, that when you get drunk, it's like everything else, you become oblivious. Don't get oblivious to me tonight. All right? I'm here, to, I'm here to share something with you. I want you to drink, but I want you to listen, and I want you to hear something from the Spirit of the Lord to you tonight. And, and as, I want to say this. God is fun, but sometimes, sometimes he's also convicting. And I, I think there's going to be this weird mix of fun and conviction tonight. And so just be ready for whatever he's going to do to you, okay? Ha-ha. My phone is calling me, and it said potential spam. Okay, I won't answer it. All right. Thank you, Lord. All right, Tony invited me a few weeks ago to speak tonight at this prophetic conference and I'm so honored to do this. I've actually intentionally not been um, speaking outside of our own church for a, a season because I felt like I needed to give all my attention to our church plant because we just planted Overflow Church a year and a half ago. And how many of you know when you have a new baby, kind of all your attention goes to the baby. Even though you want to do all these other things, you got to give that baby so much attention. And so we kind of had a baby, all right? And, but but we're, we're kind of getting into this new season where I feel like the Lord is asking me to just kind of take just a little step out. And, and still most of my attention is there, but um, if Tony invited me. It just felt right. This is like my first time to do this outside of Overflow for a while. So I'm, I'm happy to, to be back. So if there's any place that I would want to step back into it, it would be right here because I get under the whirlwind almost every time I'm around people in this room. So come on. I, I just, you, if you want to get wet, jump where the water is, and that's, this is it. Okay? I want to get wet and wetter. He asked me to speak tonight at this prophetic conference, and the Lord put something in me that honestly is kind of unique to share at a prophetic conference but I felt like it was him. And I, as a matter of fact, I, don't, I couldn't imagine it feeling right to speak on anything else tonight. Now, I got to tell you this. What I'm going to share with you tonight, I have never spoke on it before. 
Hens, that could be amazing or it could be a flop. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be a flop because I trust God. But my point is, it's not like it's, I haven't like done it and where you get it perfected on what you're saying. So I'm going to need you to bear with me as I'm going through this. And hopefully the Holy Spirit will make it sound like I have taught it before. We'll see. <laughs> my, my focus tonight is not what I've, uh, what I've experienced is typical at prophetic conferences where the focus generally is, is growing our ability to walk in the gift of, prof- of prophecy, all right? And, and probably my guess is you're going to get lots of that tomorrow, and it's going to be awesome. But for some reason, I felt like tonight what God wanted me to focus on is not how to give prophetic words, but how to steward prophetic words that we have. Because if we don't know how to steward words well, then why do we even care to give them? Okay? So I, I want to I wanna focus on how we steward prophetic words in our own lives. And, and honestly, this is beneficial to, to have a focus on and to be aware of as people who do prophesy, because we need to be, if you want to prophesy well, you got to steward well in your own life. Because what you steward well gives you authority to, to release, okay? So that's, that's one piece of it. And the other piece of it is that I actually have no idea what I was getting ready to say. So we're just going to keep flowing, all right? Thank you, Jesus, for notes. Hallelujah. <laughs> I want to tell you guys, maybe you'll agree with me. I think most of you probably would, that the two most um, the, the best parts of receiving a prophetic word. One is when you get the word. It's kind of exciting. <laughs> Two, when the word is fulfilled. That's amazing. Now here's the deal. There's a space between when you get the word and when the word gets fulfilled. And that gap in between, well, it's not always the funnest part. And I want to talk about that gap in between receiving the word and seeing it manifested in your life. Because that is what's going to make the difference between the first fun moment and if the second fun moment actually ever happens. Did you get that? All right. It seems that a a lot of people, especially in the revival culture, and there's an amazing revival culture right here, central Indiana. I love being a part of it. Seems that there's such a hunger to give and receive words, but it seems like there there might be a lack, and I'm not just talking about any particular people group, but just in general, there might be a lack of of the value or the endurance of, of walking out the longevity that's required to see that word through to the end, okay? Jesus, actually, what, I forgot where is that in the Bible, actually. It says, it says, whoever endures till the end will be saved, all right? Now, that's talking about salvation, but whoever endures till the end will be saved. And, and if you read through the word, and I've been reading through the Bible, and, and I keep seeing over and over and over that the people who fulfill the, the promises and the will of God are the ones who are able to grab the word, love the word, steward the word, fight for the word, endure every bit of opposition that comes against that word, and not quit. 
until it's seen through on the other side. I would dare to say that there are probably many words that God has released, many promises that heaven has released to the earth that have never been fulfilled. I would dare to say that there's many things that God has dreamed up in heaven that never manifested on this earth because people did not take the time and put the heart into stewarding that thing all the way through. This was on his heart tonight for some reason. It seems that, that often people receive a word and maybe they receive it with great joy. Maybe they receive it with excitement. That's, an, that's awesome. But the excitement you feel on that first moment is not what's gonna matter. Your, your level of excitement and as loud as you can share it with everybody with zeal is not gonna make that thing come to pass. You grabbing a hold of the word, letting it be a seed that goes into your heart, into good soil, and, and root in and, and watering it and letting it go through the seasons in the right time that there can be a reaping of a harvest. And that is what the Lord is looking ahead for. Amen? Now, there's the parable that Jesus taught of the seeds and the farmer that planted, that he threw the seeds out into different places. And some of the seeds landed on the road. And those seeds never had a chance to take root. And it says that the birds came and they picked them up, flew off with them and ate them. And Jesus later describes that the, the, the birds actually represent Satan or the, de, the devil's, you know, his, his darkness. <laughs> that they come and they, that what they want to do is they want to try to take the words that the Lord has released so that it never can germinate and become fruit in a person's life. How many of you could agree with me that if God releases a word, the devil hates that? Because if it comes to pass, then he's been crushed and plundered. And if he can do anything he can to oppose a word, then he's going to try to stop us from seeing that thing through so that it is no longer a threat to him. Come on. What if the body of Christ actually has the potential of being the most dynamic force on this earth? <laughs> what if? What if the body of Christ was full of people who believed God's word so much that they grabbed a hold of it and let it do its work in their lives, and they endured through every storm that tried to bash them down and cause them to give up before it ever came to fruit. What would this world look like? I believe we're gonna get there. I do believe that. But, but I, I also believe that uh, the people have aborted the process 
or, or they, they, they got weary too soon. They got, they got weary in well-doing before they could reap what they have sown. A while ago in prayer, before this, this, this service started, and we were praying, the Spirit's flowing, the Ruach wind of the Holy Spirit's coming in the room, <laughs> blowing. We're feeling His presence. And the Lord spoke something into me, a question to pose to you. Before I say the question, I want to say this. That I felt like the Lord was telling me that when I speak tonight, and I believe this for all you tomorrow too, this isn't just words for those of you who are sitting in this room, that they're actually prophetic decrees into the region to release the, the culture of heaven, to shift culture and mindsets and belief systems into this region, and, and tonight, the first night that I've ever talked on this topic, I feel like something's being released, and, I, and it may take years and years for us to see a culture shift on this, but I'm laying claim that something's gonna change. Amen? I love preaching to you guys. Here's what the Lord spoke to me in that room earlier. And he, t he, he told me to ask you this question. Are you ready? Because <laughs> you remember a while ago I said there might be some fun moments and there might be some conviction and holy ghost, do what you want. <laughs> Here's the question. Are you living for eternity or for the moment? Are you living for eternity or are you living for the moment? Because the way that you're living is gonna determine how you're gonna steward the words of the Lord in your life. Amen? I'm gonna read you a little passage out of Psalm 139. It's one of the most awesome Psalm passages in the Bible. And it's all about identity and who we are as sons and daughters of the Most High God and the beloved Father loving us as his children. I want to read you this little passage, Psalm 139, starting with verse 13. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in, your, in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that... My soul knows very well. How many of you know that if you know who you are in Christ, then you can know that you should love yourself the way that God loves you. And to be able to look at yourself and see the marvelous works of God, and that's who you are. <laughs> okay? My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. So God knew you before you were even conceived. Come on. <laughs> Check this out. And in your book, they all were written. Ha. 
the days fashioned for me. The days of your life were fashioned for you, written in the book of God in eternity. He's written out your life. He's written out your destiny. He's written out the things, the plans that he has for you. Isn't that awesome? When as yet, there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. The Father loves you. Just like you are, because he created you to be that person that you are, he doesn't want any of us living a false reality or a false identity. He wants to bring us into who he designed us to be. Amen? Not only has he designed you with identity, but he has written your days, all of them since you were, before you were born through the end, written them out in the book of eternity in heaven. So he, he created your identity and your destiny. When you talk about the prophetic, the prophetic is God giving us glimpses of the chapters in the book of your life that you haven't reached yet. So here's the question that the Lord would ask you, are you on the right chapter? If you want to get to chapter 20, you need chapter 1 through 19 first. The Lord has a, a, he has a path for your life. He's got seasons for your life. He's got step by step. He's got to build foundation. He's got to build line on line, precept on precept to get you to the place that he's trying to get you to. So prophetic destiny is how God wants us to live our lives. Purpose-filled lives. Prophetic destiny. Prophecy is a sneak, pre sneak peek, sneak preview into the chapters of your book. Okay? Sometimes prophecy is pulling you from your last, last chapter into the right chapter. And I want to declare this over you. You haven't reached your last chapter yet. The book gets better as it goes, and you haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> Come on. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now, there's a, there's a grace movement that tries to say it's all about grace, not by works. Here's the deal. Works don't save you and they don't define you. They don't help you become who you're supposed to be. So that is very true. However, when we find who we are in Christ, that's only by his grace that's made us to be that person. From that place, we do works because the works are not getting us to be something. 
They're the result of who we are already. Amen? We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So God has us on a journey that's progressive. And I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life when I've received prophetic words, whether it was through a, a person flowing in the gift or something God spoke to me personally, and I was like, I want that right now. <laughs> I, I'm ready for that. As a matter of fact, I'm about to dive into that. But usually, prophetic words are going to be fulfilled by faithfulness of stewarding that word and doing the process to, for, it to, for it to unfold in our lives in the right times. Amen? The kingdom of God has been built by people who had a prophetic destiny. They embraced it. They fought for it. And they stayed the course all the way through. You can read of this in the Bible, and you can read of this throughout history, men and women of God who, who had a destiny and they, and they fought for it, to see it through. And, and as a matter of fact, we get to reap the benefits of a lot of our forefathers and foremothers. Yeah, Hallelujah. So that's, that's a huge thing. Now I want to talk to you for a few minutes about some different types of prophetic words, okay? Now, I do need to say this. There is never possibly any one sermon or message that's gonna cover everything about the prophetic. So please don't think that I'm gonna be able to cover all things, all right? If you think that, well, I, I don't know. So that, that, I've seen messy stuff. I, I don't have time to hit all the messy stuff. I'm going to touch on some of the messy stuff, though, actually. I want to tell you about two types of prophetic words. I'm not saying this is the only kind, but they're the majority of the kind I've seen. There's soulish prophetic words and spirit-led prophetic words. <laughs> How many of you know that each person is a triune being and we are a spirit and a soul, and a body. How many of you know that? How many of you know that, that your spirit is actually the core of who you are? Your identity comes forth from your spirit. Jesus redeemed you fully on the cross, and he fully purged sin from you. If, you, if you're born again, I'm assuming if you're here on a Friday night, you're probably already saved. That he's already purged that sin from your life. That he's already put the DNA and the, the, the nature of Jesus Christ into who you are. You've been fused together with him in union with Jesus. And that's who you are. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. All right? So, so we have this union with Jesus, and that's who we are. But we also have a soul. The soul... I've heard it taught is the mind, the will, and the emotions. 
Uh, and I, I generally, usually when I'm talking about these things, focus more on the mind and the emotions just because the will is, that, that's kind of an interesting thing there. But if you think about the mind, um, you, you think about your thoughts, your beliefs, the, your, your memories, things like that, right? And, and then your emotions, how you feel. And, and so a soul is a real important, part, uh, important piece of who we are, but it's not what defines who you are. And, and so our, our thoughts are the part of us that needs to be renewed in our thinking so that the, the way it, we got to flush out old thoughts and get, a, get our minds thinking like the mind of Christ. And, and we're transformed by the renewing of our minds so, that, so we're letting go of conformity to the world by renewing our minds, thinking like God. And the more that our mind gets into alignment with the truth of who the Holy Spirit says you already are, you're gonna start experiencing transformation in your thoughts and your feelings and your behaviors, which come forth even through your body too. It's all gonna come into alignment with who you are. Amen? So, So here's the deal. Your spirit, if it's been born again, is already connected with Holy Spirit. All right? It's already connected with Jesus. It's already connected with the Father. And if we live from that place and we learn how to flow from that place, then the Holy Spirit can flow through us and, and we can release that ruach, wind of the holy, of the heaven. The ruach is the, is the Hebrew word for Holy Spirit. It's for spirit. And, and it, means, it means spirit, it means wind, it means the breath of God. Hallelujah. And if we flow with the Holy Spirit from the Spirit, then we're releasing heaven out of us. All right? If we prophesy from the Spirit, we're going to release the Spirit. That's powerful. And the Word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. Amen? Amen? But if we prophesy, and this is where a lot of people need to get trained, okay? If we prophesy from the soul, wow, that's not powerful. <laughs> that actually can cause some problems. Because what we do when we do that is we're releasing some of the junk that still needs to get renewed onto people, all right? And if we receive words from people that they prophesied out of their soul instead of the spirit, we're, we're actually rele- we're receiving junk, even if it might sound good. It's not, it's not birth from heaven. It's not that, that wind from heaven coming through. It's coming from the soul. You guys follow me? Listen to this. Soul words, they affect an emotional response at best. All right? It, it, soul words are generally going to do one of two things. It's either going to tickle your ears which will, which will cause you to, to be flattered and it, and it can puff you up. Soul words, all right? Soul words can also impart fear and anxiety to you if it, if it goes that direction, all right? It, it, it triggers emotional responses in us. Soul words have the potential to halt you in your tracks of destiny and potentially can even derail you from your true destiny if you embrace it and follow that word because it wasn't birthed by God, 
all right? It might be birthed by an amazing idea, but it's from the will of man, not from the will of God, all right? Soul words impart fluff. (laughs) Give me some of that, please. That'll be something to build my life on. Spirit-led words, though, on the contrary, whole different deal. Words that are flowing forth from the true spirit, the Holy Spirit, spirit of prophecy, all right? It says in Revelation, what does it say in Revelation? (laughs) Help me, Jesus. (laughs) It says a lot in there, doesn't it? It It says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And when Jesus is the one who's talking... When he's the one who's talking, he's releasing the spirit of prophecy. So the spirit, words from the spirit of prophecy, let me tell you what they do. They're, they are rhema, life-giving words. And Jesus was out in the desert, and, and Satan tried to tempt him. And he, and he was trying to get him to turn the stone into bread. And what did Jesus say? He said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God. Okay? The words that proceed forth from the mouth of God is the spirit of prophecy. He, the, the, the Greek word for word <laughs> is rhema. Rhema. Rhema is the right now revelatory word that produces life everywhere that it lands in your heart, okay? And, and that comes from Scripture, can come from prophetic words, but as long as it's God actually talking, it can release that life that we can live from, all right? So, so spirit-led words are life-producing, okay? Spirit-led words impart faith. They, they can release the gift of faith to you. They ground you in truth and love and the fruits of the Holy Spirit, and they ground you in your identity in Christ as sons and daughters of God. Amen? Now, this next one I'm going to say is the one that maybe maybe people don't lock hold of on this part as much. Not saying everybody. I'm definitely not talking about you guys because you guys do all this stuff perfectly all the time. Okay? That's for other people. Spirit-led words imparts, they impart steadfastness that produces perseverance, endurance, and patience, and long-suffering. To give you the power to anchor down on the promise and to not waver, no matter what comes against that word. Come on. Spirit-led prophetic words are words that impart grace. As it says in Ephesians 4.29, it says, let's speak words that impart grace. Now, sometimes people prophesy from the Holy Spirit, and it's powerful and true and pure, and, but they might start seeing you perk up a little bit and get excited, and then they start getting excited too, and then they're like, oh man, let me, let me get in on this, and here, let me throw this on there too. <laughs> I, I'm enjoying this response you're getting. Let me feed that response, because it's making me feel good now about me and my word I just gave you. 
I want to tell you something. There are times when true prophetic words flow forth, but then soul words get mixed in it. And guess what? We need, to, we need the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and community to help us discern the Word and to flush out what was God or was not God so that we can have the pure form of what was God. Amen? <laughs> I mean, I've, I've heard plenty of soul words. <laughs> I want to tell you about a few of them. <laughs> the first one I'm going to tell you about was one that I gave myself. <laughs> this, was, this was years before I met Jessica, and I still lived in Indiana, and, and I was, there was this one girl that I was in love with. Sorry, honey. Sorry. There was this one girl that I was in love with, but she broke up with me, and I thought, that, I thought we were getting married one day. <laughs> My destiny just fell apart, I thought. Not really. Well, I was working through that. But, but months and months and months went by. But, I'm, but in that season, I'm getting closer to God. He's showing up in my house. I'm encountering him. Glory is coming on me in my prayer times. And I remember this one night, I was praying, and I was just getting jacked up on the Holy Spirit. And the Lord starts speaking to me, and I started writing it down, scribing it. And it's powerful. And there were words in there that was about my destiny and about my calling to change the world and, to, and, and just being a revivalist and stuff that I knew was his call for my life. And it was, it was amazing. I've got like a page of that. And then if you flip the page, you start seeing where my soul started creeping in because I, I was so excited about God's talking to me. And, and, and my, I kind of remembered this girl and who I was really wishing that it would work out again. And, and then the Lord told me that I was going to marry her. <laughs> it's not Jessica. But obviously that word did not come to pass. But it wasn't God. It was not God. It was, my, it was my, my fleshly desire that prophesied through that. And so there was true form of spirit, but then my soul desire mixed in there. And all of a sudden, I'm writing all this stuff down, and I'm like praying about it for months. I'm like, Lord, but you remember what you said? And I'm like, I know all this stuff. And I, I, you said that too. And it never happened. The, other, the rest of it, I believe, has been a work in progress point is like we can prophesy junk if we let our if we let our soul come into it you guys hear my heart here there was a time when I was pre-dating Jessica (laughs) whatever that would be when I lived in Tennessee that's uh, we were hanging out we liked each other and and I was in an internship that didn't let me date her so we were kind of like kind of dating but kind of not but I knew that with the clock was ticking you know we were getting ready to to, I was getting ready to graduate in a couple of months, and then it was game time. So, but during that fall time, the, at our church, somebody came, they had us break up into little circles and pray for each other, and this visitor, who nobody probably knew him, starts prophesying to Jessica, 
And what he starts prophesying to her is she is stepping right now into a new season of darkness. And she's going to go into this time of great confusion. And, she's not, and it's going to be like she doesn't know where she's supposed to be going or what she's supposed to be doing. And he even gave her a, de- a date in March and a time of the day when enlightenment was going to come to her for her to realize what that was all about. But March is like after I was going to start dating her, right? <laughs> like... <laughs> She started freaking out, and she started wondering if, if that word, she didn't know if that word is true or not, but what do you do when you get a word? And, and so she started, like, questioning, like, am I supposed to get in this relationship with Jesse or not? And she starts wondering all these other things, but, we, but here's the cool thing, all right? Here's the cool thing. We took it to leadership, That's a novel concept right there. <laughs> Took it to leadership. We presented the word to them, and we asked them to help us discern the word. And they did, rightly so. They said, that was junk. Don't receive it. <laughs> and she, she, she flushed it down the spiritual toilet. <laughs> right? She flushed it. And, and then the March and that date and that time came by, and nothing happened, and she's like... Thank you, Jesus. And then we got married eventually, so that's cool. So we lived in Hawaii for a couple of years before we, before we moved to Redding, um, 2007, 2008. And that was, when, that was during the time that the, the Lakeland revival in Florida broke out. Crazy things were happening. Somebody went down there, and they brought that revival back to Hawaii, and we started hearing about these revival meetings. Finally went to one. We heard about fire tunnels. I don't even know what a fire tunnel is. We, and I was like so excited to experience my first fire tunnel. And, and so we went through that fire tunnel. And, I, and I'm getting jacked up. Jessica didn't even know what jacked up means. I'm like, I'm shaking like this. And I'm like, ah, like God's all over me. And I'm getting zapped right and left and loaded. And by the time we got to the end, I remember locking eyes with this guy on that thing. And he saw me and, and he told me that I've got a demon, and he started trying to cast the demon out of me. This is like a, the, the grand exit, like, of the amazing first fire tunnel experience. Like, I would, that whole time, I was like, after I get through this thing, I'm laying on the floor under the glory, but I get to the end of it, and this guy's trying to cast a demon out of me. That, didn't, that did not impart peace to my heart. And I had, to, I had to work through that for a while. I'm like, Lord, what, what was that? Uh, and it, it just, it worked me for a while. But I want to tell you, like, when, when people prophesy or they, they're trying to release things from the soul and it's not God, it actually causes more harm than good, okay? We need to, we need to flow from love, from honor, from the identity from the things that are true virtues of the kingdom of God and release those things into people, amen? And to receive those things. And if it's not coming to you in that kind of a package, flush it down that toilet. I could go through all kinds of stories that I don't have time for right now about soulish words. Ah, man. Here's, here's a common one that you see at BSSM. Is, uh, you, Seth, you might, you might enjoy this one. 
Um, people come to BSSM, you know, they're, they're leaving their homes, their families or whatever, and, and God told them that they don't need to work or do anything to try to provide because God's going to take care of it all. They can come and just <laughs> float through and God's got them. And then they're spending like months couch surfing and doing GoFundMes. (laughs) And then they end up, and then a lot of them end up being sent back home from BSM because they never followed through with their commitments because they're expecting God to do it all for them. God told them. I mean... seen people hold out for certain jobs that God promised to them and they go broke because they weren't working in the meantime until that thing opened up that those kind of things are just interesting to me like I just don't know that God's really putting people in those positions I've seen people get married on a prophetic word without actually doing the time of getting to know the person to make sure that it's actually healthy and I'm, I mean, the, the lottery has hit some of those people and it worked out, but, but some of them that ended in disasters. Here's a crazy one. I've, I've, I've literally heard of a, of a person who had been divorced. They're on their next marriage. The Lord convicts their heart because the Bible teaches about divorce and remarrying and the whole adultery thing and all that. That's in there. But, but the Lord has mercy and grace, right, to, to redeem and restore people. But what happened with this person was that God told him to divorce his new wife so he could go back and restore his old marriage. Do you think that's a spirit word or a soul word? Because then he, then he wrecked another marriage out of that deal. Crazy. <laughs> Here's the last soulless word I want to tell you. I just met with, a, with a, a new pastor friend that's from Michigan. So this thing I'm getting to tell you, it wouldn't happen in Indiana, just up there, okay? So he's a pastor up there. He's sharing with me these things. And, and he's got this guy in his church that used to be on their leadership team, used to, okay? That's good, that it used to. Um, this, this former leader had become a self-appointed prophet, and he believes in the fivefold, and the prophet is supposed to be the one who hears the voice of God, and everybody else is supposed to listen to that one. All right? I listen. I hear the voice because I'm the prophet, but you probably don't. Your function is something other than hearing God. <laughs> he, and he, he's prophesying, thus saith the Lord kind of words. And, and, uh, but he, but they, they had a room. I don't know how big it was, but they would rope off the back, the back seats at first, so that people will sit in the front, little little key to y'all. Pastors kind of like it when people aren't like 10 rows back and they're preaching like a mile back. So come in a little bit, right? Like, not now, you're doing good right now. But, <laughs> but like, don't, don't leave like five empty rows in front of a pastor. It makes us feel like we stink or something. But so they, what they would do is they'd rope off the back rows so that people would have to sit in the front and then they would like open it up as it fills more. Well, this prophet came to him, and he he told him this. The Lord told me that if you don't remove those ropes and let people have the freedom, because that's like the iron 
hand, that's the iron rod, the iron scepter, you controlling people like that. If you don't remove those ropes, this church is going to collapse. And he said, I'm a, I'm a prophet. You're the pastor. Fivefold means you should be listening to me. And the vision that you have for this church does not line up with the vision God gave me for it. Spirit word or soul word? All right. So you guys getting the idea? Those are kind of some extreme examples, but, but, but some, there, there's moderating different varying levels of what we do, what soul words can sound like. I gave you some extreme ones, but, but sometimes we try to, we can tag um, God's name to things that we want it to be God's will, to try to make our will happen. And, and if it's a word, well, then I'm obeying God. But am I really? All right? You guys hearing me? Yeah. Whoo, Jesus, help us, Lord. <laughs> Flush that stuff down the toilets, guys. All right. Spirit words, though. All right, when the Spirit speaks, He gives you things that are promises. And those promises will endure if you hold to them and see them through. The Lord doesn't want us to fulfill our own prophecies. He wants to partner with us so we can co-labor with him. And he also wants us to live in the right chapter of the book of our life. Often we're trying to live in the wrong season, okay? Often I, I like that season better than the one I'm in. And I, I felt tonight, even during worship, the Lord told me this, that, that there, there are some people who are trying to live trying to stay in the chapter of laying down in still waters beside in the green pastures when God's actually trying to get you into the chapter of walking through the valley of the shadow of death, but, you're, but people might be trying to hang out by the still waters, and God's trying to get you on a path that leads to righteousness for his name's sake, and it's going through the valley. And if you stay in the wrong chapter and you don't get through the one that he's got you in, you'll never make it to the dining feast in the presence of your enemies that he's got on the other side. Because only from there does he pour that oil that's, it, it, yeah, like, like we enjoy the certain seasons and we think some of them suck, but actually the path that the shepherd's got you on has got to get you through it because breakthrough's on the other side. There's a promise that will never be given birth to until you walk through the womb. Until you uh, walk through the womb, that sounds crazy. Until you go through the labor. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. like, what the heck am I saying? Huh? I'm... <laughs> Guys, will you please walk through that womb, please? <laughs> Sometimes we have to go through the labor to give birth to the promises that God has where things are going to be amazing up ahead. <laughs> you probably heard it said that, that in order to have a testimony, you first have to get through a test. 
I, I, I am currently living out words that God started planting in me 20 years ago. But I've had to walk out seasons of my life. There were times when I tried to make things happen that was not in season, and it was in vain, and it was striving, and it exhausted me, and it didn't do any fruit. It didn't produce fruit. But, but learning how to get realigned with where God is and walking the journey. Line on line, precept on precept, chapter to chapter to chapter. Get through those things because when you get to the place as you're supposed to, there's going to be grace on it. Divine enablement to give you the power to do something you couldn't do when you tried to strive for it on your own strength and your own time. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. I want to tell you this. The, the having the prophetic words that he's given me back then and throughout my life have given me anchor points to be able to hold on to that stuff when everything tries to work against me to get me to give up or to try to work against me to make me believe that it's not going to happen. Okay? Those things are important. The, the prophetic words are weapons Prophetic words are anchors. They're promises. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. There, there are times when, when we might try to make his, his words work, but it's not how he's doing it. Or it's not the right time trying to use our own strength instead of co-laboring with him and letting him do it and walking right with him. When I get through that valley of the shadow of death, I'm not getting through it trying to fight the valley on my own strength. I'm comforted because I know who's with me. And my focus is on him and we're, we're getting through this thing. It's him I'm looking to, but we're getting through it. I know what's on the other side. There's breakthrough. There's greatness. There's advancements. There's increase. Amen? If we try to self-fulfill words, promises, we can look at Abraham's life, who had some of the most amazing promises that are still being fulfilled today. His journey took him decades. And it came, it kind of was unfolding over the years. Started off kind of, kind of general. Then as he's living, he's trying to be obedient. The Lord's unveiling more detail, more instruction. It was awesome. But he tried sometimes to get it done on his own strength. And doing that created Ishmael, who became the father of the Muslim movement that hates Christians. So, that, so that's a self-fulfilled word. There's another example of, of trying to do the promise of the Lord on our own, in our own timing, our own strength, our own decision, not walking with God. It was, when, it was after God had sent um, the 12 spies into the promised land, and Joshua and Caleb came back with good reports. Ten of the other ones came back 
Um, they, they, didn't, they were scared. They didn't want to go in because the giants were there, right? They felt like grasshoppers in their sight, in their own sight. So they came back. They spread the discouragement. The whole nation was like, I don't want to go in there. Even though God's like, hey, we've got this, all right? And, and when they, they chose to disobey God and not do what God was calling them to do, they weren't, they weren't getting into the chapter that he had for them. They're trying to stay in their comfortable chapter. But the chapter that he had for them to step into meant taking a huge risk and facing fear, all right? They didn't. So what, what did God do? Well, he had to write... It's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure. He kind of sent them to another chapter. And this chapter gave them another 40 years out in the wilderness. And they're like, oh, I don't want to spend 40 more years out here. Okay, Lord, you are right. You are right. We should have gone in there and, and fought the giants. We're going to go now. We're going to obey you. I'm gonna, and God's like, I'm veering over this way now because we've got another 40 years to hang out. And they're like, no, no, we're going to go do what you said now. And he's like, let me watch you. And they went and they tried to fight the giants, but God wasn't with them. They got crushed and they came back tucking their tails. And God said, would you rather do that on your own or spend time with me out here? All right. So they were, they were trying to live out a word on their own strength in the wrong season. We want to stay under the, the hand of God and not try to self-fulfill our prophecies. Amen? Because he knows how to get us there successfully. Thank you, Jesus. I want, I want to get into some, a few scriptures before I, before I wrap up tonight to, to get to the point of what was on my heart for you guys. <clears throat> In revival culture, we, we, we focus so much on, on the glory and the, and the prophecy and the gifts of the Spirit and all the powerful, amazing things, and, and we, we love the party, and I love the party. I love the drunkenness in the Holy Ghost. I love getting jacked up. I love throwing fireballs at people. I love all this. I love seeing people get healed. I, it's awesome. And it's the right life in Christ. But, but there can be a tendency for us to, because somehow modern culture is blended with revival culture, and, and you, hear, you hear phrases often where people say, oh, in the kingdom, everything's with the easy button. It's the easy button. And yeah, I love it when the easy button's there, but I want to tell you, the Bible did not promise us the easy button, all right? <laughs> Sometimes there's a grace like that, but the Bible doesn't promise us the easy button. What it promises us is grace that gives us di divine enablement to be able to be powerful enough to conquer the things that on our own strength we didn't have the ability to conquer, and that grace will give us the power to crush through that stuff. But it doesn't mean that there's not going to be opposition and resistance because the devil hates the word and the promises and the destiny on your life because it's going to get better. 
It's going to get better. It's going to get more powerful. There's victory. There's crushing Satan's head. And there's the plunder of everything that he's held captive, that God has given you an assignment to set captives free. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't come without a fight, guys. The devil thinks this is his earth, and God knows it's his, but we gotta, we got to take it back. All right? So, so when the enemy or trials of life push against us, and they try to bring the storms. Jesus talked about building your house on the solid rock, which takes more time, but it's going to endure the storm. Or if you build it on the sand, which you can just throw it up as quick as you can, a storm's going to come. It's going to crush it. Jesus didn't say that if you build it right, you'll bypass the storm. The storm's coming, but how are you building your life? Because that's going to determine if you make it through on the other side. All right? So I'm going to be vulnerable with you and tell you that Jessica and I have been through some pretty crazy spiritual storms in this season, and, and we've been feeling some trials, tribulations, and spiritual attacks. And I don't like to put a lot of focus on the devil, to be honest. He doesn't deserve it, but it doesn't change the fact that we're feeling opposition and resistance. And I want to tell you that the promises that God's given us for why we moved here to plant a church, to be a part of a movement in a region, to see kingdom come, we believe that we believe for heaven on earth right here in central Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> the devil hates that. He hates that. And if he can do anything to try to, try to crush a, a little plant that barely has roots in it and a shoot to come up, if he can try to crush it while it's weak, he'll do what he can. And so what, what are we doing? Well, we're, we're praying, we're interceding, we're, we're, we're trying to find everything that's truth to protect that shoot so that, so that it won't be crushed in the storm. You guys see this? See the picture of this? And what we've been finding is, is that God has been actually, he's been showing us that, that our our faith is being tested to see if we're going to be able to stand through every bit of resistance that's, going to, that's trying to tell us it's not going to work. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> not going to work. Who do you think you are? You're not the one who told me this. <laughs> the only way it'll not work is if we choose to give up. If we choose to give up, yeah, that destiny just went to the wayside, all right? But, but the Lord has given us a couple of verses. I want to read these to you, and I'm going to close soon. <laughs> Hebrews 10.23. This has been an anchor verse for me. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. I want to tell you guys something the Lord has given people words, whether it's through prophetic words, whether it's through enlightenment in the scripture where the God breathes something into you, or whether it's that you just have received a divine calling from the Lord, whatever it would be. The Lord has put these things in people's hearts. And I want to tell you that, that there is greatness coming in your life and through your life if you can endure the process of it germinating and growing if you can endure opposition that tries to 
Steal, steal that thing from you. Great things are coming. Hebrews 10, 36, for you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Endurance. Endurance. We're in a culture where people are flighty. Oh, this is feeling uncomfortable. Let me, let me go to this one. Oh, I, I don't like this one as much as I like that one, so let me go over there. What chapter are you supposed to be in? What chapter are you supposed to be in? I've heard people read John 3, 8 and invalidate shiftiness and flightiness. It says, it says the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but, where it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. It's an amazing verse. It's really super spiritual. And a lot of times people have the idea that what that means is that the Spirit's blowing, and I'm going to just go here when I feel it blowing here. I'm going to go here when I feel it's blowing here. And, and, what is, and I'm spiritual. I'm right, I'm right in the ruach, the wind of God. He's flo- oh, he's over here now. You guys were awesome when that happened, but hey, over here now. I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of that happening in this region right here. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> that verse does not permit flightiness and inconsistency. <laughs> That's not what that verse is about. God doesn't need us floating around and being ungrounded people, okay? That, 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 that verse is talking about the ruach wind of God, the heaven wind blowing in us being like, like them on Pentecost where we're in we're in connection with open heavens and God's flowing and we're moving with him and he's flowing through us. It's not talking about, oh, here and here and I'm spiritual. <laughs> Where's my next drink? I love drinking, but I'm saying if, if that kind of a lifestyle is causing you to not be rooted and grounded it might not be actually what God's doing. Because Jesus, to balance that, he, he actually said in Matthew 5, 37, he said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. For whatever more than the, whatever is more than these is from the evil one. And the enemy wants to use whatever he can to get us to not have longevity and consistency and perseverance and endurance. If you want to get to chapter 20, you've got to get through 1 through 19 if you want God to be in it. If you go to 20, before you went through that, well, it was probably as neat. God wasn't there. You guys follow me? Ha. <laughs> I've been through this stuff, guys. Like, I've been, I've been feeling the storm trying to crush our dreams and trying to to get us to waver and trying to get us to think, well, we moved all the way from Reading and I don't know if it's going to work. That's the devil. He's lying, but but he tries to do everything he can, right? But but we've been going back to the prophetic words. We've been going back and re-listening to the things that God's promised because 1 Timothy 1.8, Paul told Timothy this, 
He said, Timothy, according, he said, I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. To go back and remember the things that God has spoken to you, the promises, he didn't change his mind just because it feels different in this season. God is not wavery. He doesn't promise something and then he changes his mind because it got hard or uncomfortable and, and now he's doing something else, but that one never came about. Like if God told you something and it hasn't been seen through, maybe, maybe he's not gonna tell you actually another thing if it's gonna veer you away from the last thing he said. It requires maturity and it's immature. To think that God would be a man who, like a man who changes his mind. <laughs> he uses the hardship actually to forge maturity and character into us. Because on the other side of the testing, we become like purified gold. And the, the hardship and the testing that we go through is actually what God is forging strength and rootedness and foundation into you so that on the other side of it, you're gonna have the power and the strength to be able to bear the weight of the magnitude of the greatness that God wants to put on your life. But if people keep trying to shortcut God's process, they'll never be able to bear the weight of the, empower, the powerful greatness God wants to put on us. And therefore, this world doesn't have a body of Christ to look to as the most powerful force in this world yet because people, by and large, I'm not saying everybody, are not seeing their words through. <laughs> so the, back to the original question, are you living for eternity or for the moment? Because when we read Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith. That's like the, that's the famous men and women of God of the Old Testament. It's awesome. I, if I was in the Bible, I'd want to be in that, in that chapter. Oh, really? Because the reason that their names made it to that chapter is because they were the ones who had every bit of hell coming against them to try to crush them and the promise God had in their life. And they, they, they pushed through the fires of hell, trying to come against them, and God found them faithful. And it says that they never even saw the promises in their own lifetime, but they stayed faithful all the way through. And they gave birth to things that was gonna be meant for future generations. I wanna tell you something. If you're living for eternity, you don't need to see all the results that you're looking for in your life because you can believe that it's actually for the kingdom of God and not for you. <laughs> and God wants to put in each one of us a, a, a sense of calling, a sense of destiny, a prophetic purpose for us to believe that the chapters that we haven't entered into yet are gonna get better and better. And it's not just for me, it's so that I can, I can be a person who's gonna partner with God and the rest of the body of Christ to change this world. 
I think the first word that was ever spoken to me that actually set the course of my life to give me the next 20 plus years of seeking God with all my heart was my youth pastor when I was in a season where I thought people hated me. And he said, Jesse, you're gonna change the world. Are you living for eternity or are you living for the moment? Are you willing to steward the words that God has put in your life, the callings, the promises, to endure the storm, to let it root and germinate so that it can produce fruit and be harvested in the right season? Different types of words take different amount of times. Some are short season, some are long season, some are lifetime. The stakes are different for each kind of word, but they all require seeing them through on our part. It requires faithfulness, endurance, willingness to go the the long haul. You guys hear my heart tonight? I'm sorry it's going late. Friday night, and I know, I know you, guys are, you guys are tired. And I, I want to I end. I want to end. Holy Spirit, how, how do I want to end? <laughs> no, I, I think I know. I think I know. But here's what I want to say. Because I want to I provide a moment of response, okay? Sorry for going late, Tony and Lindsay. It's Sarah's fault. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm, I'm completely kidding. I, I would have liked to have just gone all night doing worship. All right, here's what I want to do. If the Spirit of God has convicted your heart tonight, (laughs) I'm just going to say for anything, (laughs) anything. It could be be that maybe maybe you're trying to live in the wrong chapter. Maybe you, maybe, maybe there's words that he's given you that you, that you've kind of allowed allowed to fall on the ground or that, that you know. Now, now listen, some words, don't just let them fall on the ground, flush them. All right, those ones? Some words are for, the, for different seasons, so I don't want us to conjure up a false grace to go after things that's not what he's doing right now. But if there's any, if anybody's feeling a conviction that maybe you haven't stewarded promises, I just want to ask you to stand up. No shame. Nobody, nobody's going to be judging you. Especially God. I, I, feel, I feel tonight that God is going to, he's going to renew a heart connection with promise. Feel like he's going to renew a heart connection 
with promises. <clears throat> I want to I also want to give this invitation to if anyone maybe it's it's not that you're convicted that you haven't stewarded it but but maybe maybe there's ones in here that you just feel like you need the Lord to just renew a freshness to the words that you already have to release a, into you a, a, a fresh grace, a fresh resolve to, say, to give God a fresh yes to what he has called you to uh, and, and also a fresh yes to believing that you have something in you that's greater than you've probably been living for, I want to invite you to stand. <laughs> if you're already standing, you can take this one for yourself. You don't, you don't have to like sit down and stand up so I know. <laughs> God knows. If you... <laughs> if you just want... God, to, to reveal to you a more clear vision or understanding with the grace, the, the ruach, the wind of God to, to put fresh wind into your cells again, for you to believe that God actually has a destiny for you bigger than you could do on your own to change this world for his kingdom, and you want a fresh touch of God in that area then, you, then I want to invite you to stand if you're not already. Let me see if I can come up with one more just to get everybody. I'm just joking. All right. Yeah, Lord, I pray for each person in here right now. Holy Spirit, Lord, you are the, you are the fire in our hearts, Lord. And just like Paul told Timothy to, to rekindle the fire that's in him. And, and Lord Jesus, you said that, that you, um, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't knock down a bruised reed and you wouldn't, you wouldn't let a smoldering wick go out. I pray, God, that you will breathe. Holy Spirit, the, the ruach, the, the wind of heaven, the breath of God, breathe on the coals of their hearts. Lord, fan into flame the gifts and the callings and the promises that you put in people's hearts. And I pray that you will show everybody in here that they are your dream come true and that you believe in them more than they believe in themselves. Lord, that you have put them on this earth with your ordained purposes for them to be a, a key piece of what you're trying to build and to bring into this world. Lord, that you would release destiny into everybody's heart. Refreshing, Lord, refreshing. A refreshed sense of calling, a refreshed belief and hope that you're gonna get them through whatever season they're in right now because you don't let your words fall to the ground. Every word that you speak, Lord, comes back to you after it has fulfilled its purpose, Lord. I pray that you'll help us not to miss your word, Lord, in our lives. 
In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for every person in here. God, they are a key piece of what you're doing in the earth today. A key piece of your kingdom coming, Lord. Help everybody to see this in a deeper level. Lord, breathe on the fire. Let the wind blow right now. Let the Holy Spirit blow over you right now. I declare over you that you are rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. You can endure the storms. The storm will not take you out if you anchor on the truth and the love of Christ. Be blessed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. As you prophesy to others, I, I dare you to keep in mind the magnitude of what words can do for people. In Jesus' name. Jesse, so good, such good truth. Give Jesse a hand. I know you're in a moment, some of you. You released a lot of incredible truth that, that we, that we as, as a region, just as God's people need, stewarding prophetic words. It's so important. So thank you. Thanks for being vulnerable, too. Love that about you. We're going to take a couple more moments. If you just need to stay in the place that you're at because God's doing something in you, I don't want to rush you out of this. You know, we're not. Please, just continue to let him do whatever he's doing. I'm not saying you got to stay here for it to happen. You could absolutely leave and get in your car, and he'll keep. he's going to keep doing what he's doing regardless of where you're at. Location is not most important. Permission is. So thanks for being here with us tonight and giving him permission. Do what he wants to do. Hopefully you'll make it back tomorrow to a 10, 10 a.m., 2 p.m., 6 p.m. We'll be here. It's going to be amazing. Oh, thanks for being with us tonight. We bless you guys. Thanks, Jesus. Just say more. More, 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 God. More, God. Thanks, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.